Hello and welcome. This is Story You Talk Radio, and I am your host, Coach Debbie, and I am delighted that you have reserved this hour to spend with me, my guests, my guest host, and my engineer, and all of the great ideas we've cooked up to offer you one hour of quality talk, especially if you are thinking about writing your book. Or perhaps you're at the stage of writing your blog, your brand, or your love letters. Whatever stage you're at, I would love the opportunity to enhance where you are going with your writing and lead you right on over to my website, which is www.coachdebbie.com, and that's D-E-B-B-Y.com. And my experience is in teaching college writing students a little about mythology and essay writing and who they are. But at some point I thought, you know what? I want to help people write their books. I want to get into those big, long works of good, magical stuff. And I kind of felt a real call to follow more of the the hero's journey, the Joseph Campbell work. And I got into the heroine's journey, something I I like to think I coined, but it's the idea of that feminine side of a 12-step process of moving through the real chapters and the stories of some particular theme that is just challenging you to no end. But in the end, you have some great awakening, and it's so great that you have to bring it back to an audience. So that's what I do. I help people go through a process of writing their books and often following a format like that. I work with first-time, second-time, and third-time authors, and today you will be meeting a new author. Her name is Ani Anderson, and she comes to us from practically Lake Champlain, way over there, and in the Adirondack area of New York, kind of the, I, I think of it as the wonderful, peaceful country life of New York State. But before we bring her on and have a deep and lucid conversation about what does it mean to commit to writing your book, let's meet some of the people that are right here in the studio. First up is our engineer, Eric. Hey, good afternoon, and happy Thursday to you and your guests. Oh, thank you. Happy Thursday to you. That's true. We're always here at Thursdays, 4 o'clock Pacific time. So, Eric, did I tell you what we're talking about today? You did. You had a little behind-the-scenes info. You send me an behind. email each week that tells us what you're talking about, which is awesome. Yes, it's awesome to be informed. But what I didn't tell you is that Ani's book, which is called Find Your Soul's Agenda, uh, offers a recipe for every single reader, a soul's agenda. So we're going to be getting into that and taking calls if anyone wants to go deep. That lovely voice you just heard from Eric, he will be answering your calls. So Absolutely. That's the one. That's the one. So feel free to call us here. We are at 425-373-5527. 
And if you are outside the Seattle Puget Sound area, the number is 888-298-5569. In addition to Eric, who's uh, taking care of all the bells and whistles and everything I don't know a thing about, I have a guest co-host today, someone who is so near and dear to my heart. We we met in the line where you register for your classes for graduate school, and we became besties, and that was, um, was it 20 years ago? It was almost 20 years ago now, and he lives in Miami, Florida, but he is here in Seattle with me today. We FaceTime all the time, and it is just my pleasure to have him uh, as Todd Allen would say, riding shotgun and helping me out with the show today and bringing in his expertise from life coaching. So say hello, Antonio. Yeah, hello, Debbie. Hello, everyone. It's a pleasure to be here and to be given this opportunity to inspire and be inspired. And Antonio is someone who inspires me every single day. He knows all the secrets of my life. So if you can find him, but I bet he wouldn't tell because he's so loyal, so loyal. So he's going to be interjecting today as well as as questions come up. We want to make sure that you, the listener, have an opportunity to get your questions answered by myself, by Antonio, who is a Demartini Breakthrough Coach, and by our author, Ani Anderson. And she is the author of Find Your Soul's Agenda. I want to tell you that I invited Ani to be here because recently she was on Life Mastery Radio with Todd Allen. And I was, uh, I was not able to co-host that show, but I did enjoy listening. And afterwards, Todd said, you and Ani are cut from the same cloth. You need to speak with this woman now. And he also wanted to recommend that she had great insights of being a new author and what it takes to commit. And it just all lined up with my brand, and I got all excited. So I just want you all to sit back and relax. And if you think of a question, be sure to send it to me on Facebook Messenger. You can do that at Coach Debbie, D-E-B-B-Y. Or you can write to me at my personal page, which is Debbie Handrich. And it's just like it's spelled, H-A-N-D-R-I-C-H. And, yeah, looks like you have every good chance of talking to us. We're pretty pretty wide open right now. Uh, we do have Francine so far. We will be getting to you first. So without further ado... I would like to welcome to the show, Ani Anderson. How are you, my friend? Oh, I'm great. And I'm so happy to hear that Todd thought we were cut from the same cloth. That's that's exciting. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is. You know, it is to have sort of a, a partner in crime, someone that gets you and you find out they're, they're 3,000 miles away. But thanks to how we've got everything set up today, we can connect. That's right. That's right. Well, thank you. Thank you for being willing to come on and to talk to us about your experience as a writer, because my sense of it is, 
that you stepped into that experience just a few years ago. Is that correct? Yeah, absolutely. I, um, I knew probably 12 years ago or so that I wanted to write a book. I, you know, it, it was more like I wanted to be like Deepak Chopra or Wayne Dyer or, you know, I, I wanted to be like one of those people and they write books, you know? Yeah. So eventually I, I knew that I wanted to write a book, but I certainly didn't think I had it in me. Um, my book came out in October and it wasn't too, it was, I guess it was probably eight months before that, that my husband and I looked at each other and said, it's time to write a book. And then I said to him, no, it's, it's time for me to write my book. So, um, job, it was, thanks. <laughs> it was, um, a bit of a whirlwind. A bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And we're going to talk about that whirlwind because last week's show, I really talked to people about the idea that confusion is just a temporary state. And when someone thinks about writing a book, they instantly go to those places of, well, I don't have the time, I don't have the money. What if it's not a success? What if I don't meet my outcomes? All of those thoughts start flooding the mind. But mm -hmm. the person that gets their book out, even while that stuff's going on, they make a commitment. So what was kind of going on for you while you were reading Deepak Chopra and thinking, I'm going to write a book just like him? <laughs> um, I thought that I was a pretty enlightened spiritual soul at the time, which as I look back, you know, I have to laugh a little bit because there's so much, so, so very much I, I didn't understand at that time. Um, of course, you know, we're all on our, our journeys. Um, I really, even at that time was really looking for my purpose. I remember reading purpose books, trying to figure out what my purpose was. And I had no clue at that time, no idea what I wanted to write about. I even remember, uh, the first time I hired a coach, which was probably about seven years ago. Now he said, what do you, what do you want to do with your life? And I said, well, I know I want to be a speaker. I had that clarity. And he said, what do you want to speak about? And I said, I have no idea. And I really thought I had nothing important to say. I really did. I thought I had nothing important to say. Now you can't shut me up, but you know, <laughs> back then. <laughs> mm -hmm. And it's always funny when someone says, I'm dying to write a book. And, and we say, well, what do you want to write about? I don't know. I'm dying to be a speaker. What do you want to speak about? I don't know. Oh, yeah. I want to teach. What do you want to teach? Huh. I haven't thought about it. So yeah. so it's funny, this disconnect. It, there's this, you're being propelled forward, but the clarity of of topic isn't coming through. And, and what did you discover about that as you kept moving forward? Well, for me, I wasn't moving forward and writing anything. I actually remember the very first time I sat down to write an ebook. It was like pulling teeth. I remember I was um, in the parking lot of a shoe store crying on the phone to my coach at the time saying, I want to write this ebook and I have no time. And they, they were trying to help me see that it was not that I didn't have any time. It was how I was making choices in my life. And I literally decided eventually that I was going to go away and stay at a friend's house for a week and write this ebook. And it was so hard to write the, that ebook. Uh, it was probably 20 pages long. 
it was hard for me to get to the place where I was carving out the time. It was hard for me to get to the topic. It was hard for me to write. Like the whole thing was excruciating really. And, um, and then I, I don't even think I ever put it out there. Um, after it was done, it, it was really interesting but by the time I got to the place where I knew it was time to write my book, I knew it was time. I knew I was prepared. I knew what I had to do was just make a commitment to do it. Like I had a lot of the pieces in alignment. I had no idea what went into the book writing process at all. But I did know that I could pull a book out of the ethers. <laughs> That's great. That's great. I I wish we had known each other so I could have taken you through my program. <laughs> <laughs> I think sometimes writing a book is, it, it, many people have said that it's like pulling teeth, it's excruciating, but it's because we haven't yet committed 100%. And this is what I tell my students is, is that if, if you're even at the point of committing 90% to writing it, you're still going to feel that 10% pain, and it won't feel like just 10% is pain. It'll be excruciating because it's what you're focusing on. It, it's not the part that's aligned. So absolutely. it just feels so dang big, right? Yeah, absolutely. That was one of the first times that I really spent that much time away from my kids when I was writing that ebook and making the choice not to get caught up in everybody else's drama and to write this ebook was a huge step for me. So I wasn't 100% committed because I was really torn, you know? And, um, once I got to the place where I was writing my actual book, I was 100% committed. There you go. There yeah. you go. That's how it works. Very good. And, and I think that's extremely common to, to jump in with, you know, a foot and a half <laughs> And yeah. and to really hope for the best, and then to figure out ah, it's gotta it's gotta be a little more. I I told a friend not too long ago. I said it it's kind of like when you're doing online dating, and then one day you decide you know I'm I'm closing down my account. I'm uh I'm getting rid of all the silly ideas of meeting someone for coffee or for a drink, and and I've just got this one person who really, really has my heart. It's that, it's that transition from, I know I want to date and I'm willing to do anything to, nah, I'm, I'm in it with this one particular purpose. Mm -hmm. And I bet that's what birthed your, your thoughts for finding your soul's agenda and really getting clear about it. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I, I agree with you absolutely 100%. And I've seen that over and over again in my life in uh, different ways. I'm, I'm actually working right now on a, a thing in my business life where I'm noticing I'm not 100% committing and I'm, I'm, I keep coming back to making the decision and making the commitment. And I, now I know what to do, right? Before I didn't really understand that I needed to do that. But any success has to have that component to it. And I feel really grateful that I know that. Um, I think it's remarkable that you're bringing this up as a teaching point. It's so important. Yeah, it really is. And e even when I'm, when I'm the student, I I catch myself all the time when I'm when I'm writing. If I'm not, you know, f totally into it, it's just it's gonna hurt. 
But the good news is I get to be the teacher more than I get to be the student. So mm-hmm. I want people to know that I do have a program. If you're trying to figure out how to go from thinking about your book to actually writing it and getting it done, even if you want to get it done by the end of this year, I have a program coming up September 3rd, and there is still time to get into that. All you got to do is write to me, askcoachdebbie at gmail.com. That's all you got to do, and I will give you info about that, and you won't have to go through the excruciating pain that Ani went through being on her own. But I know you've got more to tell us about, so we're just going to take a quick little break here, and when we come back, more about writing your first book. Hi, I'm Kathy Cooper, and every Wednesday from 1 to 2 p.m., I'll be hosting Lost and Found. We'll be discussing all types of losses, but it's not going to be the doom and gloom hour. It'll be an hour of education, support, validation, and yes, we will have a little bit of humor. So won't you join me Wednesdays, 1 to 2 p.m., Lost and Found, because every loss matters, and through every loss, something can be found. Hi, everyone. Al Roker here. As a guy with his own catchphrase, I appreciate that after 75 years, Smokey's only said, Only you can prevent wildfires. But I'm filling in because there's a lot more to report. Like when it's dry or windy. Be careful burning yard waste, because wildfires can even start in your neck of the woods. Go to SmokeyBear.com to learn more about wildfire prevention. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service, your state forester, and the Ad Council. Are you ready for something real, raw, upfront, and honest? Then tune in each Wednesday at 2 p.m. right here for Love from the Hip. I'm spiritual hypnotherapist, master esthetician, and the host, Sakura Sutter. This show is unlike anything you have ever heard and was created to help others to help themselves. Hear me follow up with guests I have hypnotized and see how it has improved their lives. I will also spotlight amazing people from around the world. Their skin tips, live readings, and answers to life's burning questions. Join us each Wednesday at 2 p.m. Seattle, Tacoma, Antwerp? That's right. We're streamed worldwide on our app and on the web at 1150kknw.com. Welcome back. This is Story You Talk Radio, and I am your host, Coach Debbie. And I have my favorite co-host with me today, Antonio from Miami, who you might be hearing from shortly. He is a John D. Martini breakthrough coach as well as a creative entrepreneur and a great friend, and I wanted him here with me. And I am talking to Ani Anderson who is the founder and possibly co-founder, and if I'm not saying it right, she'll correct me, of A New Way of Health. She's going to be in the Seattle area to talk about her mind-based science, and that will be here at East West Books in the Seattle area on... um, Okay, so she's going to tell you all the rest before I just go and (laughs) botch it all up. Tell us about that, Ani. 
Yeah, I think it's on October 2nd, Wednesday, that first Wednesday in October, I'll be at East West and I'll actually be leading people through the Find Your Souls agenda process then. Uh, that's what the workshop's all about. So uh, it's uh, the process that I wrote about in my book. And I'm going to be there and I'm going to be pitching her book and I'm going to make sure she signs a copy for you. <laughs> so we all want you to come out and meet Ani. And is your husband going to co-teach that with you? That one's me. He's my assistant that day. And oh. then at our yeah at our event over the weekend in Bellevue, I'm a little bit more of his assistant for that one. So um, we're, uh, we're going to do a little bit of both there. Nice. Oh, very yeah. good. Okay. Ani's book is called, Ani Anderson, her book is called uh, Find Your Soul's Agenda. And give us a little preview about, I think of this as sort of a mind recipe book. It, uh, it takes a lot of the creative inspiration and spiritual laws that we know, and then you put your very own recipe together and created a book. So tell us a little bit about what this means to find your soul's agenda and to write it. Yeah, um, Find Your Soul's Agenda is basically purpose work. Um, it's a very holistic view of purpose that you're always on purpose. You can't not be on purpose. So a lot of purpose work out there helps you to identify the thing you want to do or um, how you – so there's two kind of different camps for purpose work. It either helps you identify your doing state or your being state. So the soul agenda work helps you to identify your being state so you can choose your doings from a place of authenticity. So I'll say that. Um, but the uh, the difference really in a lot of the other purpose work is that it helps you to identify how you love to feel but if you don't feel like that, it can be hard to get from where you are to where you want to be. And there's not often a bridge. So in the Find Your Soul's agenda work, it helps you to identify your purpose, both in the way that you love life to show up for you when it shows up like that, but also in very clear language, what it looks like when life doesn't show up like you want it to show up. It's like if you were a quarter the, um, the way that you love to feel is the heads say, and the way that you don't love to feel is the tails, but they're connected actually. And for each of us, we have a very specific way that life tends to show up for us most often. Um, that is very easy to identify and put into very clear language. That's what the soul agenda process does. Mm. Well, you've got me intrigued. Could we could we try to write a soul's agenda? It, what the examples I saw in the book were that they were about a sentence or two. Yeah. So the, when, at the end of the process, after you've gone through the process, you have your soul agenda word. So everybody wants to know what their word is. Like, what's my one word? Um, you have a definition of what that word means to you. And that's also unique to this process because instead of assuming I know what those words mean or anybody else knows what those words mean, we have people define for themselves what your word means. So the definition is unique to you. Uh, we also have people identify what we call the polarity, which is the polarity is how when life shows up like you don't like it, this is what it looks like. And one of the 
major important things about that is as when we choose growth, when we choose to grow in our lives and transform, um, you know, challenges are going to come up. So when they arise and you know what your polarity is, you're really able to have consciousness and watch and be able to help yourself through the growth process in a, in a really uh, compassionate, um, even appreciative way. So that polarity, you know, the definition is amazing. It's really important. I find the polarity to be actually the most important part of the process for me, especially as a coach in helping my clients to navigate their, their lives. The polarity is really important. Um, and then um, the very last thing we do is we help people to identify a soul agenda statement. And that statement is something that we can use as a compass for decision making so that as we go through our lives, we can remember who we are and make decisions from that place, from that place of authenticity and from who I am. So we know that we're always in alignment. Um, you know, I feel like the soul agenda process chose me rather than me being the creator of it because it's really been remarkable as I've been doing it for a few years now watching people as they they do the process and then use it in their lives it's really you know it really creates like miracles for folks and um, I don't think any human being could have really come up with that I, 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 I like figured it out but it's really an embodiment of the natural laws. So, you know, each of us is natural, just like the trees and the birds and um, putting some clear language around who we are and, and our unique energy imprint sounds like it should be really hard to do. But just like the natural laws are very simple, this process is very simple and it's aligned completely with the laws. So, I feel really blessed that it picked me because it's been really fun not only to bring to other people, but to just continually, like every day, I get to watch how people use it and watch how it shows up for people. It's so fascinating and fun. Mm. I I really enjoyed some of the examples that you had in your book here. So one of the statements was, my sole agenda is to feel confident and inspire others to feel the same. And another one was, my sole agenda is to feel alive and to inspire others to feel the same. So if I understand right, that is the one word, alive or confident, that is really making the difference for the person claiming it and is kind of, um, according to your work, their, their ticket to success. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, that's right. That's the... Um, the one, the subtitle of the book is the one word that makes your whole life a success. I have had people over and over say to me when they find their word, they go, oh my God, my whole life makes sense. I mean, it happens all the time. Um, <laughs> it's mm -hmm. really remarkable. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So to the new writer out there, what I really want to express by this is that Ani has chosen to write about something really, 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 really specific. I mean, I've never read a book quite like this one. Even though I see some similar spiritual laws in the book, The Soul's Agenda, I've, I've never run into that before. And I think for the first-time author, there is this immense fear that they won't have any readers if they are specific. So I'd really love for you to speak to us a little about that and and why it was so important for you to get very specific about what you would write about. 
Well, for me, I recognized that this process was the most powerful process that I've used to transform my own life. And it just kept giving, you know, time and time again for me. And uh, probably about six months after I started using it for myself, I had other people start to ask me to do it with them. So by the time I decided to write the book, I had been using it for a number of years. And it was almost like I, I, I just had to. I just had to write it because there was no way that I could um, get to as many people as I would have liked to have gotten to with the process without writing the book. I was nervous, with, especially with the specificity, two things. I was nervous that no one would be able to do it just by reading it because at that time I had only done it with people. So I was nervous, did the process work? If Could somebody do it by themselves? Was I part of the magic sauce? So that, that was kind of nerve wracking for me. And it didn't really occur to me until I was done writing the book that I probably should have just tested it out on somebody. But I, I did test it on some beta readers, but it was after I had written the whole darn thing anyway. So that was kind of a, a, a niggling thing. The other thing was um, my life experience felt, feels sometimes, you know, my story, my personal story feels very unique and a little bit esoteric when, you know, the ins and outs of it anyway. Um, I don't describe the whole thing in the book because it's really a book in and of itself, um, my personal awakening. But um, I was afraid that it wasn't my the specificity in my own life wasn't going to resonate with people. And that has proven over and over again to be totally inaccurate. I, I can stand up in front of a, any group of people and tell them a little bit about my story living in a teeny tiny town with, um, you know, no more than really about 4,000 year round residents. Mm. And, you know, right, right there, you know, I live in a super small town. I live in a little log home in the woods. Mm -hmm. Like these, these are not things that a lot of people can say, but as I talk about them, people go, yeah, yeah. Oh my God. So resonate with that. I so resonate with that. The story is so relatable. I, I think it's just because we relate to when somebody's up there telling their story and their truth and, and we relate, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. That's how we so, get to know each other. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, something I'm, I'm loving here, Ani, is this whole idea that, that you came to know yourself better as a speaker because you wrote your book. Oh, absolutely. I, I was speaking before I wrote my book, but my, uh, you know, I was going to say confidence level. And that almost feels so superficial to say, because it feels like so much more than that. But just to use that word, my confidence level really, um, skyrocketed because I knew my content. I knew my content. Well, I knew it well enough to write a book about it, but then it was almost like, um, you know how you, you learn something and then you actually use it practically and you integrate it. It was like a further integration process. And I find that for myself too. I mean, we have a certification program now where I teach people how to do the soul agenda process and they go out and do it with their clients. And so every time I teach it, every t writing the book, like listening to people who said that they are, our students say that they used it with somebody every time it comes back, I feel like it's a further integration for me and my clarity just gets clearer and my confidence just gets more bold and it's, um, it's wonderful. Yeah. And you know, your story, it, it's one thing to walk this, this earth and claim who we are, but it's very, very different when we've 
written it down. We've had an editor look at it. We've had to converse about it with others. And then we go and stand on a public stage and and present our work. It, it's, it's almost like you're you're standing with a much, much stronger foundation if you've gone through this process than if you have mm. not. I so agree with you. It has been just a tremendous uh, process for me in so many ways, uh, growth and um, possibilities. I remember after the book came out, um, it was right after the book came out that it was getting into the hands of my first uh, friends. Uh, who were reading it. And I had this day, I even remember the the knot in my stomach. I remember where I was that I had written the book all wrong. I have, I've written the book w- with a lot of story interwoven in it. And I mm-hmm. thought to myself in that moment, oh my God, it's not academic enough. People aren't going to understand. There isn't enough content. There isn't, there isn't any research, um, noted in it. And I just had this moment, I stopped in my tracks and I just got a pit in my stomach. And, uh, five minutes later, I got a text from a friend of mine who was reading it. And she said, Ani, thank you for writing this book in this way. It mm-hmm. has allowed me to open up to myself in ways that I've never been able to open up to myself um, because of how you wrote it. I thought that was like universal. Thank you, God. (laughs) A little divine divinity there for a moment um, to help me to understand that I had followed my intuition and I had done it just right. Yeah, you had. Absolutely. And I, I think that's a very, very difficult thing to cultivate even even Antonio and I were talking about that. How how do we find our own way as coaches? You know, we mm-hmm. see we see someone like John Demartini standing up in the front. You know, giving his talks for how long does he talk on a typical day when he he's can, out he there? He can talk for ten hours straight with maybe like twenty minute breaks. Ten twice hours, Ani. He can talk. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, so he's, you know, he's incredible and I never need in a day in my life to be that incredible. (laughs) (laughs) But at the same time, it's like we find our, our way in our own speech as a coach and our own speech as a host and our own speech as a writer. And the way we offer it is just right for us. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Antonio's yep. nodding. He he's going to learn that you have to speak into the microphone, but he's nodding. <laughs> I just want to. Yes, I'm I'm nodding. I'm thinking. You know, it's true. You were saying earlier, Annie, about uh, finding your authenticity and being able to start from that place of being. Because uh, a lot of times we're looking for answers outside of ourselves, and we're so busy looking in so many places. And when the wisdom is already there, we have so much mm-hmm. life experience and so much to offer to ourselves and to others, that to be able to Mm -hmm. come back to ourselves and discover, not even discover, it's just really touch what's already there. Oh, Mm -hmm. yeah. Antonio was one of the first people that I saw speak when I was in graduate school. He gave a, a presentation to a small group of us, and I thought, how the heck did he do that? I've been in every class with him. Where did he learn that? You know, like I was paying attention. <laughs> I don't know how to do that. 
But but I think this is important for our listeners to hear that while we're writing our books, while we're writing our speeches, while we're finding our teaching voice, what we're really doing is we're finding how it's going to come through us. Yeah. Oh, gosh. I love that you just said that, how it's going to come through us. Years ago, I had, um, with my first coach, again, I was really still trying to pin this, you know, purpose and what am I doing with my life kind of thing. And I remember he said to me, Ani, you're a clear channel. And as soon as he said channel, I just shut down. Like, I didn't want to hear that. That was weird. I can remember in my childhood, people making fun of uh, channels and I didn't want to be that person and I didn't want to hear it. And then lo and behold, my second coach says something about channel. And I was like, Oh God, here it comes again. Obviously I've got to deal with this idea. Um, the thing is when you can really tap into your authenticity, it's like the divinity within you. So it's your unique spark of divinity and it's a wellspring. So, you know, the idea of channeling information like from some, I don't, I don't know what I thought other planet or something. I don't know what I was thinking at that time, <laughs> What I was but the thinking. thing is, I guess, but the thing is that the, the, the intuition, the inspiration is within us and it's a constant stream of vitality and information and wisdom and goodness when we can, like, like Antonio was saying, tap into it from within. That's right. But we don't know that. We don't know that until all of a sudden we are tapped into it and it's there and it's ready and our commitment to writing is there and ready and going and consistent and the next thing you know the excruciation is gone mm-hmm yeah it's gone so we got to take another break but you guys are wonderful i'm having a great time we're going to be right back after this Hi, this is Marilyn Milano. If you love animals, then please check out my new show, Love Has Many Faces, Tuesdays from 9 to 9.30 a.m. right here on Alternative Talk 1150. I'll be talking with rescue groups, animal advocates, and other organizations that help animals, sharing their stories, and giving our listeners some tangible ways in which they can help make a difference. That's Love Has Many Faces, Tuesdays at 9 a.m. right here on Alternative Talk 1150. Raising awareness, touching hearts, and saving animals' lives. It was a goal that I wanted to achieve from the very beginning. I'm a 40-year-old man that walked in there to get his high school diploma. I wasn't sure if I could do it. It was very hard for me, but the teachers, the counselors, they help you. One of the teachers was Miss Araceli. Miss Araceli, she gave me direction. Every single time I had a question, she'll put down whatever she's doing and she'll come over and she'll sit there with you until you get it. At age 47, with the help of his teacher, Marco finished his high school diploma. 50% of getting your high school diploma is walking through those doors. The other 50% is doing the work. Getting your high school diploma, it is a life-changing experience. It really is. It catapults you to where you want to go. No one gets a diploma alone. If you're thinking of finishing your high school diploma, you have help. Find free adult education classes near you at finishyourdiploma.org. That's finishyourdiploma.org. Brought to you by the Dollar General Literacy Foundation and the Ad Council. 
multicultural, multidimensional even. Alternative Talk 1150. Welcome back to Story You Talk Radio. Thank you for joining me today as we talk about being a first-time author. If this is a topic that is inspirational to you, I would like to tell you that I coach first, second, and third-time authors. I have a 90-day accelerator program to help you write your book. I also have, starting this September 3rd, a process to help you finish your book this year. doesn't matter which book it is. If you are thinking in the next 19 and a half weeks, you want to make sure that book gets done, I have a program for you. And all you got to do is write to me at askcoachdebbie at gmail.com askcoachdebbie at gmail.com and Debbie is spelled D-E-B-B-Y and I'd love to tell you more about those. We're talking today to Ani Anderson about being a first-time writer, what it was like to commit to the process, how it has helped her brand, her business, her success, her confidence, and it's putting her all over the map. She's going to leave New York and come out to Seattle, Washington. <laughs> and we're going to welcome her at East West Books on October 2nd. Take a look at East West Books website for more information about that. I'd love it, Ani, if we could get to a question. This comes in from Francine, who has been writing for quite some time. And she's feeling a little, oh, inferior about the quality of her writing and the quality time she's finding to do her writing. And her question is, at what point can she count on that real desire to kick in? Or is there something she needs to be doing differently? Did you have any kind of wrestling with desire? Once I got to the place that I was writing my book, I really didn't, like I said, I was 100% committed, but I also did some really smart things to get myself um, going. First of all, I, I was telling you about that first ebook that I wrote. Um, after that process, I started writing regularly, whether it was newsletters or blog posts or social media posts. Uh, I just wrote. I wrote a lot. And so that really primed my pump. And I got to the place in my own life where it wasn't like I only wrote on a good day or when I was inspired. I could sit down and write no matter what. So that was one thing. Another thing I did that I don't think this is just a good idea for me. I think it's a really good idea is I, um, I really exercised and got out in nature every day that I wrote. So I scheduled myself for just the right amount of time for me, which was about two and a half hour blocks at a time. And before I did that, I went for a run. I went for a walk. I was out in nature for like a good, at least an hour, really getting my body moving and my blood pumping so that when I sat down, I was ready to write. Mm -hmm. And it's very important to know where your places are. It's very important to also know where places, those places that block you. For example, there's the person that can go to Starbucks and write all day. 
But if you're not that person and you want to be really, really cool like that person, but you're not listening to what it says on the inside, you know, there might be a voice on the inside saying, I can't write in Starbucks. Can we leave? If you're not listening, (laughs) (laughs) you know, you're going to struggle. The person that's getting all that writing done really needs activity around them for it to be fruitful. Um, I can write for a while in Starbucks, but there's, um, you know, Antonio, you know that feeling when you've been like at your favorite restaurant and all of a sudden a horde of children come in and they start making like (laughs) gobs of noise, you know, and you've just Mm -hmm. been having this whining dining experience Mm -hmm. and all of a sudden it's just, and you think, oh no. This is so annoying. or This is so annoying, yeah, and I'm just not a spiritual person for being really <laughs> upset, you know. Right. But you're done. You know, you're done. And, and there are plenty of people at Starbucks that can write no matter who comes through that front door. But if that's not you, get up and go and find yeah. where your happy place is because that's going to help you turn on what Ani was talking about, and that's the channel. It's almost like the the water spout, you know. Water is always available to us in this beautiful area, but you got to turn on the spout. That's all mm-hmm. you got to do. Yeah, yeah. Like woo woo yourself a bit, you know. I used to wear my comfiest pants. Comfy clothes are super important to me. I used to um, have my favorite pencil. You know, like do whatever it is that kind of woos you because it gets you in that that wonderful space. Yeah, take your favorite chocolate bar. Yeah, That's right. And for me, you know, one of the things about getting in touch with my uh, procrastination or resistance Mm -hmm. is I look at, you know, what is it actually that I'm resisting? And then I ask myself, you know, how is this actually on the way rather than in the way? Mm. So that I can can see how it actually benefits me. You know, it's a strategy that I have that I use Mm -hmm. to maybe motivate myself or, you know, I tend to procrastinate to the very end of things. And that gets me going and then I get everything accomplished in time. Mm -hmm. So it's a strategy I have, you know. Kind of like you need to feel the fire underneath you. Right. So to get in touch with, you know, how is this a strategy that I use and how is it actually on the way uh, so that then I can really make a conscious decision, you know, do I want to change this or is it actually working really well for me? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I told Antonio that, (laughs) now I'm going to tell everyone, that when I need to, when I need to express myself and I'm stuck, I have come to understand if my hands are in water, you know, if I'm doing the dishes or if I'm washing my hair or even if I'm digging in the dirt and potting plants or something like that, bam, my story. (laughs) It's right there. As soon as my hands are are wet, dirty, unavailable, whatever, you know, can't can't use a pen, the the words are there. They're, They're just there. And... I think it's because I need that one step away of the pressure of write it right now. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. do it right now. Yeah. So we all we all have our thing. I want to thank you, Francine, for sending in your question as a reply to the newsletter. Uh, I am building that newsletter list. I always love to have 
more people on board, you can sign up for that newsletter at www.coachdebbie.com, and that's D-E-B-B-Y dot com. So, Ani, I have a really important question for you about writing your book. It's so important. You should be starting to feel giddy and nervous. No, (laughs) (laughs) I am a little now. (laughs) (laughs) Which is that um, a lot of times when people are writing their book, they're thinking about how someone else would write it. And mm. this this is the magic resistance that many people many people experience. I've experienced it. A lot of the people I've coached have experienced it, where they say, "Well, I don't think I should be talking about addiction that way, or I don't think I should be talking about marriage that way." But it's how I went through it. But I don't think I should be so. So they get someone in their mind. I think you mentioned Wayne Dyer at the beginning or Deepak Chopra. Yeah. We get someone in our mind and we think I should be doing it the way they do it. Mm -hmm. So when when that's in your mind, what's what's going on with you and what what's (laughs) happening to your process and where you at? Tell us the dirty truth. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, actually, t- to be honest, I'll, I'll tell you some dirtiness, but that <laughs> that didn't come up too much for me because I really got pretty good at uh, the shoulds in my life before I wrote my book. Mm-hmm. So I was very clear that this was um, my book. It was my process. It needed to be my voice, that my voice was the right voice, um, that however it was coming through was the right way. It, it, I really felt a lot of confidence around that, but I'd also done a lot of work around shoulds in my life and getting to the place where I was replacing that word should with the word could and really coming to a place of choice because the fact is I could have tried to write the book like Deepak Chopra but I'm not Deepak Chopra. You know, I could have chosen to harass myself in my head about it, or I could have chosen like I did to just go easy on myself. Um, so replacing that should word when it comes up in your head with the word could actually allows you to realize that you do have a choice. You have a choice about what you're doing. You have a choice about how you're treating yourself. You have a choice about how you're thinking about the situation. Um, it can, it can, I mean, it really was for me a, a huge enlightenment to start to look at my life that way. Good. Very, 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 very good. And a lot of people need some hand-holding through that, you know, through the... Oh, yeah. The shoulds, the should-nots, the it must, it has to, all of that. You know, it really amazed me how transformational the process of writing a book was. I had a handful of some really amazing uh, colleagues, friends, and coaches supporting me, and I that uh, was instrumental to have that. I don't, I couldn't have done it without it. Um, I really just suggest that anybody who's thinking about writing a book get support because but regardless of the logistics that you don't know about, it is a transformation that you're making. You're putting yourself, your life, your work, your thoughts, whatever on paper, and then somebody else might read them or will read them. Or I mean, it's, it's, just prof- it's profound. I had no idea it was going to be that like that 
um, in the beginning. I think maybe I would have been a little more nervous. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm so glad you you stuck with your process. And something that I want listeners to understand is there's nothing that says you can't write a book for yourself. Because when you are willing to sit down and and work with the chronology of some theme or something that you feel you have voice for and just really honor it, you're basically creating a very high-powered journal. You're, you're exercising your mind in a way that, that you can recall the things that matter to you most. And later, if you choose, you can publish that book. But I think we get so caught up in the idea that if I'm going to go through all of the pain and hassle and, and excruciation to write a book, that it must be published. But what I have found is that when you are willing to commit to a book, the excruciation, A, goes away, and the immediate benefit is you have your trust of your own voice back. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's beautiful. <laughs> yes. And that's what we all want. I mean, putting your book out in the world is going to help your brand. It is going to help your business. It is going to make you more successful. But if that's the only reason you're putting your book out there, eh, that you're probably not 100% committed yet. Because what you're really getting out of writing your book is a relationship with yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'll come yeah. back to the dating analogy again. You know, we go on dating websites because we're, we're looking for the one. Well, who do we find? We find ourselves, And then mm-hmm. we figure out if we're ready for that cute person we're winking at. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's how it works. We, we think we're going to... Antonio said it so well earlier. About the outside, we, we focus on the outside. We look for answers on the outside, and when we have the answers within, that's right. See, I knew you, yeah, it's, it's just that way with the book. We, we are so caught up in getting a book written for the world that we forget to write it for ourselves. Hello, hello. Yeah. And writing for ourselves gives us our trust back, and and. Bam, we have a platform, we have a brand, we have a business, we're ready to go, right? Yeah. <laughs> right. I'm so glad you joined us today and you told us about your experiences and you validated all my teaching tips and you were just <laughs> lovely. Oh, it's great to be with you. Thanks for having me, Debbie. Absolutely. And I look very, very forward to you and your husband joining me in October. I hope this has been valuable to all you listeners, and please come back next Thursday when we will talk more about discovering your voice and telling your story. Namaste. Namaste.